Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jonathan Rom, Arizona State graduate, Spaniard, live golfer. I don't know if he graduated from ASU. Well, ASU (laughs) attendee. Yeah, probably didn't graduate. He didn't need to. And now he definitely doesn't need to do anything else because he is making hundreds of millions of dollars on the live tour. Welcome into Big Drive Energy breaking news episode. Uh, we talked about this yesterday on our weekly podcast. We have now seen it come to full light. Uh, middle of the day today, news break. John Rahm officially to live golf. The money is a little different than originally talked about, um, but you wouldn't have thought he was going to go regarding this interview he gave in 2022. Let's roll the interview talking about live golf and what it would take for players to move to the move to the tour. Shotgun three days to me is not a golf tournament, no cut. It's that simple. Uh, I want to play against the best in the world in a format that's been going on for hundreds of years. They're like, will a lifestyle change if I got 400 million? No. It will not change one bit. Truth be told, I could retire right now with what I've made and I've lived a very happy life and not play golf again. So, and for a lot of people, I'm not going to lie, those next three, four years are worth basically their, their retirement plan they're giving them. It's a uh, it's a very nice compensation to then retire and sail off to the sunset. So, some interesting things when you look back on that interview. Now, is John Rahm's life going to change with this money? As he said, no. Maybe that changed when he saw the actual figure. But is this more about he feels like he's gotten to the mountaintop. He's the current Masters champion. He's been a world number one. Now he just wants to like play less golf and play in a more relaxed atmosphere and rock some shorts with those massive calves he's rolling. Like, is that, is that what it boils down to at this point? Like, I know the money is the number one thing for everyone, and we, we know that. But when we see this move in maybe one of the most popular players, uh, you know, he's really close with Phil Mickelson, who's already made the jump and was one of the original, you know, live crusaders, if you will. But is this just about more of playing less golf and and being on the road less and grinding not grinding less but you know playing a lot less tournament golf is that what this is about yeah i i really think 
now that I'm hearing that interview again, um, it, and I looked at some of the the exemptions and numbers this morning, I feel like uh, him winning the Masters this year actually had a pretty big play into it because that gets him a, a, a lifetime, uh, Jesus, a lifelong Masters exemption, um, which means he can play in the Masters no matter if he's ranked one millionth in the world or first in the world. So he'll be able to play in the masters for the rest of his life. He's got, um, I think eight years left on a U.S. open exemption. He's got three or four years left on a British open and, or the open championship and the PGA championship exemption. So basically he's in all the majors for the next th- two to three plus years. Um, on top of having made the money he's already made, I think he's gotten to the point similar to like Brooks Kepka, where realistically, when you start talking about legacy, regular PGA Tour events have no real effect on anybody's legacy at this point. It's all about winning majors. It's all about winning big events, um, which are the majors, the Ryder Cup, you know, and even with World Golf Classics going away, the majors are really the last big thing. So I think the fact that he's going to be able to play in all the majors and also he's kind of having his cake and eating it too. Like he's going to have all those exemptions, but then he can leave for the live tour, play less golf throughout the year and make more money. Like, I think that's truly what he's looking for. And by the sounds of it. So I just read a tweet from nuclear golf, uh, that one of the ESPN reporters, um, According to Mark Schleyback, uh, Live Golf will be signing additional PJ Tour players who will compete on John Rahm's team. Uh, Dude also suggested some concessions on format have been made for Rahm to agree to sign. So do you think that means they're moving to a four cut, or I'm sorry, four round and a cut type of event? Because I don't think Rahm, given that video, unless he's had a, a... large change of heart uh i don't think he would go over and compete on the live tour if it was just a three round tournament style so i don't know i mean the money always matters money talks and uh i gotta say real quick too there's all these people on twitter saying like there's still a question of where this money comes from from the public investment fund of saudi arabia and all this i thought we were past that Because it truly makes my blood boil hearing these people tweet about other people's decisions and other people's money. And we had one dude on Twitter, Rory Roth, who we've we've gone back and forth with. He disagrees with our, you know, our live um, takes because we don't completely hate it and and just uh, not we we don't can or we I don't know how to put it. I'm missing the word here but we're live uh, boys we support it we're i mean yeah, i support we, all professional golf and i guarantee you we said this on our recap of going to oklahoma last year if you go to a live event you're gonna enjoy it you're yeah. you're not gonna sit there and think about all the other bullshit where the money comes from because if we really want to get into those weeds which we're not going to think about all the owners of nfl teams or um you know nba teams that you like that are just complete fucking shitty fraudulent people that made their money in a certain way and they're running your team so what are you just not a fan of their team you know some people aren't a fan if they're the owner and that's fine you can you can die on that hill but the actual events are fucking awesome cedar ridge was awesome like yeah 
it's it's separating the sport from the people who run the sport uh because at the end of the day like you said if you really want to look into even the pga tour and i was tweeting about this like there's a world where you can not like the live tour but also understand john rom's decision like people berating him and and dragging his name through the mud for taking this money are the same people that would turn around and make the same exact decision in a heartbeat. Like there'd be no questions asked. Um, but just everybody on their high horse on social media still blows my mind. Like they are somehow on this, like, and like they have this moral high ground of integrity that, that nobody else has. Um, it just is, is crazy to me, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I am surprised, but I'm not at the same time because apparently now there's been new information that's come to light that uh, the the PIF and the PJ Tour are further away from an agreement than originally thought. And the PJ Tour has now started bringing in different um, venture capitalist firms to pitch them on a similar uh, investment in the PJ Tour that they were offering the, the PIF. Uh, so now they're seeing there's this one called Acorn Capital, Acorn Venture Capital or some shit. Um, and they really, I guess, were in some fairly serious talks. And it sounds like Patrick Cantlay's kind of driving the, the bus for the PGA Tour on their rules or not rules, uh, player committee when it comes to all this stuff. And um, he sounds like he kind of it, basically what it sounds like the PGA Tour is going to end up being if they bring in one of these investment firms is like another version of the live golf tour because they want to trim the fat. They want to cut costs. So what it's really going to hurt is just like live. Um, it's going to hurt the players that are 50 through 125 on the money list. It's going to hurt the mid-level to lower level PJ tour guys because they could start reducing the number of players on the PJ tour to, to, you know, cut money because realistically people are tuning in to watch golf, to watch the, you know, the top five, top 10 guys on the leaderboard. They're not tuning in to see who makes this cut. And I'm not saying that nobody tunes in to watch everybody play, but the PJ tour has done such a poor job of marketing the tour as a whole they've they've gone to market these certain players so now that that's what everybody looks for is these certain players and if these players are gone the phantom's going to be gone with them like it's it's crazy to me yeah well we talked about it yesterday but rom is the first rom's the first like in his prime pga tour player to make the jump and we discussed you know brooks kepka and what he was dealing with and Phil Mickelson, obviously, even after winning the PGA Championship, uh, is past his prime. We all know that. And this is the first real PGA Tour player that was competing in every event. He was the favorite in almost every event uh, other than Scotty Scheffler. Him and those two went you know, back and forth all year. He won four events this year, including the Masters, like you said. And he is just a guy that the, the crazy thing about him is, is he went to Arizona State. And he's from Spain, so he's globally, honestly, globally, probably the biggest golfer in the world right now. Number yeah. the number one most recognizable. Uh, Tiger Woods aside, that's not even a you know, uh, not even a question. But 
he's from you know he plays on the dp world tour a ton plays on the pga tour a lot is a is a nice you know he's a fiery guy he has a lot of clippable moments on the course but is also just a nice dude a funny dude um had the comments about the porta potties and some other things definitely wasn't happy with the way the pga tour was handling things and he's decided to take the 300 million over three years and i think i think something that uh also plays into this a little bit is the fact that these teams are owned by groups and and so basically he's not only becoming he's not only playing less golf um but he's owning his own part of a, of his own team. Like they're giving him his own team. They're rolling out the red carpet for him. Um, and he, he, he now owns whatever, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what the team name is going to be and who's going to be on it. But it's a, it's bigger than himself just moving over to live and just what he brings to the table and as an individual playing golf. Yeah. I think one of the other big things that live did that, you know, doesn't necessarily involve actual golf on the course is, introduce the idea of ownership to players with somehow within the game of golf. Like, I don't think a golfer had ever thought twice about having some sort of ownership equity stake in the PGA tour or any of that. And now live has come along and introduced this new format and new kind of business model. And I I ultimately think this is going to push, the PGA tour in the direction of being more player run and almost player owned. Like let's, let's just be real. The, the PGA tour has been parading around as a, a nonprofit uh, these last 30 plus years. Um, it, the executives like Jay Monahan's making over $40 million a year. They're lining other executives pockets. It's a huge tax write-off for these multi-billion dollar companies to, uh, you know, be a, a name sponsor on the event to be a title sponsor. So it, it's still a bunch of these executives lining their pockets and they're, they're selling it off as a, a 501c nonprofit organization. Like they don't make any money when in reality, the, uh, you know, the executives are just making hundreds of millions of dollars. So it is why it's, it's almost like a Salvation Army situation where, you know, you, you do pay for some of this shit here and there, but these executives are making all this money and somehow you're like, why are they asking me to donate? Like, I feel like that's what all the players are feeling like at this point. Is there just a, uh, a fucking, you know, a number at this point, because they're, they're the ones driving the, the bus that is the PGA tour. That's making all this money. That's getting the TV ratings and deals that's, you know, selling merchandise, whatever, um, that's getting people through the, through the gates at these PGA tour events. So I think they're looking around and being like, you know, why aren't we getting like a piece of this pie at the very least, or at least getting guaranteed money. And that's where the PGA tour has just, now that the live tour has introduced this model, I think all these PGA tour players got to look around and be like, have we just been getting like bent over for the last you know, 50 years, like, and don't get me wrong. These guys live a great life. They make a great living. But if you look at guys outside of, you know, basically Rory, Tiger, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, um, you know, the all-time greats, you can maybe name 10 to 15 of them. A lot of these guys are not really like known in the, in the world of the, and not that ultra rich matters, but 
there's definitely like levels to this shit. So if you're not a top, top tour level guy and your career's over and you have nothing to show for it, like you're, I think they got to be looking around at this point and being like, what's in it for us. Yeah. And I want to get to some of the comments here. So Ben was in the comments a little earlier saying exemptions are a big point in Rom's case. Agree with you guys, but why as a player, wouldn't you sign with live for a couple of years, cash in and buy, uh, and buy your until live, and PGA figure the shit show out. And he's exactly right. Because once these, the, once this merger happens, if it ends up happening, it's not really going to be like uh, a guy can just go and play on the DP World Tour one week and then go play on the PGA Tour and then go play on the Live Tour. Not necessarily going to be like that, but I, it removes a lot of the the negative light into the Live Tour because they're all under one um, under one giant umbrella, if you will, in the PIF. And I think that it's not a it's not a bad idea for a lot of these guys to go over. And I think I also think Rom, you know, we don't know, we only know what's on the surface right now. But Rom saying if he if he was say, being truthful in that interview that we played earlier from 2022, he knows that more good players are coming to the live tour. Like it's not gonna take a lot really for them to you know we saw a few live trades today uh taylor gooch got traded to another team uh and he was the number one player he won the player of the year and the live tour last year and got traded to another team and he got traded for like a it's basically like trading a patrick mahomes for uh, a second round a second string defensive end is kind of what that trade looked like but yeah. the there's good enough talent at the top and now rom brings that even higher that if if there were to ever be a live versus PGA tour best players against best players, it, the depth of the live tour is growing by the more big, you know, the better players you sign at the top, um, the the more depth you have. And the, the PGA tour is losing some of its depth and, and now it's losing, it already lost a lot of its depth, not a lot of it, but a, a fair amount of it as much as it could to a 48 player field, but now it's losing its top end players. And then, Real quick to touch on uh, TKCO comment, uh, how many majors is Rom guaranteed to be in the next three years? So all of them. He is guaranteed to be in the Masters for a lifetime, the U.S. Open through 2031, the, and a five-year exemption to both the PGA Championship and the Open. So he'll be 34 years old before he loses any exemptions. And don't get me wrong, like he's going to be he's gonna he could probably win another masters and not that that's gonna change you know that'll just add a year or two to the exemptions but john rom's 29 years old prime of his career former number one as of just like six to eight months ago and now uh he will end up playing in all those you know he'll be he'll be in the masters in the u.s open through 2031 i mean he'll be close to 40 by that time and yeah. if he plays in those every single year, he's already won a Masters, and we've seen you know when guys win a Masters that are this good and not your one-offs like a um, Charles Schwartzel or something like that, they continue to win or they continue to compete every single year. It, it, it takes a certain type of game to win the Masters, and he has it obviously. So uh, he'll probably be in the majors for as long as his career wants to go, and and obviously with getting the you know the his contract was the entire pga tour purse for the 2022 2023 season so it's it's just it's stupid money and we know it um but they they they're paying it to him and and i don't yeah. blame him for taking it i don't blame him for playing less golf i don't blame him for playing in the majors which are what matter and 
And in reality, this makes it, I, I bet a lot of the lower level PGA Tour players are kind of stoked about some of this stuff because either they've had the opportunity to go to live and they're going to now take it or feel more comfortable taking it, or you don't have these fucking monsters playing in every PGA Tour event where you can maybe win or maybe squeak into the top 10. Then you make more money and you continue your career on the PGA Tour. Uh, and, and then TKCO also commented saying the original live model one year in seems to be the biggest financial loser ever spending hundreds of millions on players, not even having much of a broadcast contract revenue. This is, uh, I think one of the comments on our Twitter, I forget who it was from follow us on Twitter. If you're not at big drive energy, but it was saying that a guy like Rom going to live tour makes him kind of sad because he won't see him on TV as much. And yes, it's the CW, and some of their sh their stuff is a little janky compared to what we're used to from watching professional golf. But I have no doubt that the more star power they get, the the more this will get ironed out to where it is on TV more, or you can you know you watch it on YouTube, obviously, and they're doing things differently. Um, but that's what works in this world, you know. You can't do something the exact same as as another company, if you will and expect everybody to jump to yours and then do things the exact same way and expect them to be happy about it. There's a reason they jumped in the first place. Um, and then we got a comment from Jim Langdon. Things will improve when all top golf golfers are ranked by a body independent of all tours, and this is exactly it. The more they move to a one continuous you know, firm or one continuous owner, let's say, of, of all the tours, the the more not necessarily like i said earlier not it's not going to be uh you know they're playing on this tour and that tour and then they're moving to this you know they're just playing all these different tours like guys will stay on their in their lanes but when they start getting official world golf ranking points that changes the whole game and then i i it makes that's like the last the final boss if you will of making these tours almost identical and in terms of want to from the players to play on it now, they're very different formats, four days, cuts, less payouts on the PGA Tour. Live Tour, you know, some people may not consider it real golf or not a serious professional event, but really that's the last, from a player's perspective, that's like the last shoe to drop in terms of why would I not go over to the Live Tour if I have a fair offer and I feel like I can make more money. Oh, absolutely. And and realistically, in my opinion, I think this John Rahm move is like a domino that's going to create an entire shakeup in uh, the golf world, in professional golf, uh, for multiple reasons. But ultimately, like like you said, why why wouldn't you make the jump? And if they do get world ranking points, it's going to be borderline impossible for the PGA Tour to keep up. And that's why, in my opinion, we just got a comment that uh, Patrick Cantlay being the voice of the PGA Tour is probably not a good call. I would agree. He he actually, um, I read a quote from Rory because uh, apparently Rory and Cantlay don't get along. And this was previous to the Ryder Cup, so maybe shit just kind of boiled over. But he even said that Rory, or, uh, Cantlay's caddy, I think it's Joe LaCava, um, he... Uh, he said he was a really, this was a direct quote from Rory. He said he was a really nice guy. And now that he caddies for that dickhead, he's turned into an asshole. Like, I don't know if these quotes were just raw after the Ryder cup or what, and their whole 
you know, scuffle, but it sounds like Rory doesn't really get along with Patrick Cantlay. And Cantlay doesn't seem like he has that many buddies on the PGA Tour. He actually, for being the most, like, pasty, vanilla-looking dude, he actually seems like he's low-key, like, kind of a killer, like, cold-blooded type of, you know, step on your throat when you're down type of person. Um, so, yeah, when you're trying to get two sides to come to an agreement, you probably don't need somebody like that. You need somebody probably a little bit more level-headed. And it definitely seems like Cantlay has an ego, too, which all these guys do. They're on the PGA Tour, maybe besides Joel Damon. Uh it feels like every professional golfer and every professional athlete gets to where they're at because, you know, they believe that they're the best. But, uh, yeah, I don't think the Cantlay move was necessarily the best. Um, they need somebody that can basically negotiate and get two sides to come to an agreement. And one other thing is, like, the PGA Tour, I feel like it's becoming very close to to being uh, – flip-flopped in the ways of power between the PGA tour and the live tour. Like, I feel like at some point the PGA tour is going to be like, we need to get on this bandwagon. Like, cause obviously they can't keep up financially. So that gives the live tour a huge head start. But then if they get world ranking points and you know, they're who knows, maybe they do their broadcasts on YouTube and they get a, a deal with YouTube because at this point there's people making as much money off YouTube as you do with a TV deal. Like it's fucking bananas. You know, if you can get enough eyes on it. So the live tour is just going about things so much differently and completely shaking up what everybody has known in the golf world. Um, Jim Langdon, we want to see a three-way Ryder cup as soon as possible to see if live is now the best that, yeah, that would be uh that I, I even think just PGA tour versus live tour at this point now with Rom jumping, I think the live tour would officially beat the PGA tour in a Ryder cup format. Yeah. Because you think about it, you've got Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Taylor Gooch, uh, Cam Smith, Bryson DeChambeau, and now John Rom. That's as good as six. That's as good a top six as you're going to find. That's going against a Victor Hovland or Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, who apparently in the Ryder Cup doesn't know how to play fucking golf. Um, but, you know, like it's the 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 top heavy talent right now. The pendulum is almost swung one way or the other and yeah. or from the PGA Tour. Like, yes, the depth is horrible. Like, thank God. I think Jed Morgan. I, I don't know why. I just hate that guy. But um, I think he finally right, just got because you're jealous of his life. Yeah. Like, I watched him, we watched him at fucking Oklahoma, like, plunk one off a tree, sh just short right of the green, not even a good golf shot, and he's out here making what I make in 10 years in one shitty golf tournament shooting 76. Am I salty? Yeah, of course I am. But, and he's on this team with Cam Smith, who is the, just the, the ultimate guy. The uh, top the ultimate G. dude. Yeah, the, <laughs> the real, yeah, top G, top Australian G. Um, but, all right, so... We know that this is the first domino to fall. A couple of other guys that have been linked already. And at this point, uh, at this point, I feel like the pendulum is all, I'm going to say this again, but pendulum is also swung from anything John Rahm saying what he said at the interview we played and now going to live tour. I think that there anything that's said from a PGA Tour player regarding live and, and how against it they are can't be taken serious. And yeah. I don't care who it is. I mean, there's going to be some guys that it, it is honest, but it's fully moved into the the waters of like 
can you believe what they're saying? And do you know what's going on behind the surface, under the surface? And if they're talking, you know, behind closed doors or having the conversation of with the live tour of moving over there, because it's, it's becoming a, a full on like, oh, this guy, you know, like the captain jumped. It's like lemmings. Like one guy goes and then they just doop, doop, doop. Like we're going to see. Exactly. And the two other guys linked right now are Jason Day and Adrian Moronk. Two, uh, Jason Day, obviously Australian, would be uh, Ripper. A, a great Ripper GC addition. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Adrian Moronk is another guy that's just well-known globally. Like America can... America can almost like the live tour is telling America they can almost kind of fuck off essentially because America is PGA tour owns America. They play all around all the different States. They get people there, but live is really, if you check, you know, you check the live schedule, they're really leaning into, um, you know, going overseas. They're going to Adelaide. They're going, they're doing a couple of events in, you know, in Europe and then they're going, um, you know, they have a couple of events and Singapore yeah they have a couple of events in America obviously but you know the 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 world is much bigger than the United States and even though it doesn't feel like that when you live in are born in the United States in the global golf world now getting the number one what I believe is the number one most globally recognized golfer in John Rahm they're taking they're they're taking over the world but saying basically the PGA Tour can have America and and if they're going to continue to poach dp world tour guys too you know there's no you know there's no limit in sight at this point yeah well i mean we just saw joaquin neiman win the uh what did he win the australian pga so and he's a live player so clearly these guys are able to play in these other events um but yeah i i definitely i was actually reading some chat boards and you know reddits blogs blah 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 and a lot of these dudes obviously american guys were like no golfer is worth that much. Uh, why are you spending this kind of money? Like golf is not that big of a deal. People don't like to watch golf. And I would push back on that because it's, I think Amer- a lot of Americans are just closed minded to the point where they're like, well, uh, you know, it doesn't, it's not a big deal in America. So it's not a big deal anywhere. Like soccer, for instance, like I don't think people understand how big of a global game soccer is. But in America, it's really not that big of a deal. So everyone hears like, well, you know, soccer is not that that big of a thing. Um, but when you look globally, like if you look at Japan, you look at China, um, you look at Australia, you look at Europe, golf is just blowing up there too. And they don't have the football, the hockey. They do have some of it, but they have different things. They have rugby, they have cricket, they have all this, but golf is actually quite a, a big like mainstay in the global market of sports. So live kind of pushing it more towards the global, uh, you know, outlook versus like Spencer said, just the American way of thinking and sticking it. And realistically with lives um, scheduling, it makes a lot of sense to go global because you couldn't go, you know, you couldn't play consecutive weeks playing, in Singapore, then in, in South Africa, then in Australia, then the U S um, it, it just wouldn't work out scheduling wise for these guys. So it really is insane how much they're shaking up the golf world. Um, and so let's just make our predictions. Who do we think? I know you said Adrian Moronk, Jason day. Um, 
who do we think is going to join John Rahm on? And I also heard, I do love his possible team name. Is it the El Toros, the Bulls? Like oh, that's that, gas. Yeah. Imagine the logo. Like, holy shit, that would hit. And honestly, I I saw, so today I saw the Cliques, uh, which is like the worst live team name there is. <laughs> Either that or what? what's the other one that's just terrible? Um. There's a few like pretty rough ones that aren't great. Uh, the cliques. Uh, so anyways, the cliques tweeted out with like eyeball emojis. Like they think that there's going to be some possible shakeup there um, because their team is just kind of blah anyways, but they could be merging into John Rahm's team. Possibly there's actually a lot of like, I wouldn't call it drama quite yet, but between Harold Varner going to the four aces from the range goats and uh, you know, Taylor Gooch moving over there is like, it is kind of fun talking about these dudes and, and realistically they're probably going to get some like good drama out of this too. Wouldn't you think like these dudes used to be on this squad. There's clearly bad blood with Matt Wolf leaving uh, well, not leaving, but basically being forced off of Brooks Kepka's team um kind of almost as a castaway type thing so you got to think that he hates everybody on that team they probably hate him and brooks kepka is just kind of a dick anyways which i kind of actually enjoy but uh there's going to be drama and there really hasn't been very much pga tour drama in years you know that's what the Ryder cup is so good at is creating um this organic drama and these storylines but with this team element now you're going to see these guys on different teams next year playing in different quote unquote uniforms. And it's just going to be honestly, like I will tune into more live stuff now. And I think John Rahm is kind of that needle moving type of dude. And that's able to get the world watching live golf where, wherever it is, if it's on the CW, if it's on YouTube, um, I think it's going to be a, a, a big thing. Yeah, and uh, so here, here real quick is the live tour schedule. 14 events next year. They're going Mexico, Vegas, Saudi Arabia, Hong Kong, Florida, Australia, Singapore, Houston, Nashville, Spain, England, West Virginia, Chicago, and Dallas. So, I mean, it's, it, uh, it's not going to be a thing where it's like, Oh, this is just, you know, they like the PGA tour can go all around America, have, have an event every single week. That doesn't matter. You know, have a bunch of these events that don't, that people don't care about the live tour is making, you know, 14, uh, 14 events that they're going to blow out every single one of them. There's going to be a ton of people at them, no matter what other people say, there's going to be, you know, the TV coverage is a, is a thing that needs to, needs to be, you know, ratified a little bit for, but in reality, who is the who are the people that watch golf the most on TV? Let's be real about it here. People 40 and over, 40, maybe 50 and over that have cable TV that can't get rid of it. Well, you know, in 10 years, everything's on YouTube. Everything's on smaller, you know, streamable services. Like that's where the whole world is moving. And it it's just not going to be that big of a thing to not be on cable television anymore. I guarantee it. It's just... It's just, uh, 
it's not a thing. It's like it's going to move to YouTube. And, and we got the comment. It's not that big worldwide. You need to be honest and accurate. The Saudis are exchanging ROMs fame and reputation to help clean up their reputation. They have to pay him an extreme premium. I don't think they're trying to clean up their reputation in any way, shape or form. They're getting they in order for their tour to be successful, they need to get the best players. If this was all a bunch of fucking, you know, 70th ranked PGA Tour players, nobody would even care about it. But when Bryson DeChambeau and guys that make waves in the world are, you know, basically um, like watching these tournaments and, and seeing guys that have won majors and guys that are popular in golf, like it's just a, a matter of like them just getting on the tour and, and going to live and playing these like smaller fewer events over the over the course of an entire season so it's it's not like it's they're trying to boost their reputation whatsoever like i think they know what their reputation is and yeah could they maybe try to fix that maybe but i don't think it's it's kind of beyond repair their overall reputation at this point they're just trying to have a golf tour that competes and i think more pga tour players are appreciative of this in general because look at it this way if you're a PGA Tour player and you have no want to go to live. What happened last year? They had eight boosted events with extra payouts. They're, they just released, like we talked about it on Big Drive Energy a couple weeks ago. There's a couple of events a year where they're even boosting the payout even more. They're also, there's like 10 different things that they're doing in terms of helping with travel. Like this has, Live Tour has boosted the PGA Tour players' experience because it creates competition. Competition is always good. And whether or not it's from a, you know, what you consider an integral in a, a source with integrity doesn't really matter to them. But PGA Tour players are winning in this too. I think that's a that's a a thing that people don't even realize. Yeah. It's it's a rising tide lifts all ships situation where the PGA Tour now has competition to deal with. They're having to start take care starting to take care of their players more and offer more of these amenities. And as we saw on Ben Griffin's uh, TikTok a couple weeks ago that we touched on, the PGA Tour can hardly even charter a flight properly that the, the tour players are paying to get on. To go from, where was it, from uh, Porter or um, the Bahamas to South Carolina, I want to say, um, they completely botched it. And that realistically, the PGA Tour the last 50 years has benefited from basically being a monopoly. Like who, whoever knows how the inner workings went on the back end, but they basically own the PGA tour or the, the world ranking points. They dictate all of these things in the golf world and they think they're untouchable. Like they've, they've lived this way for 50 plus years and Honestly, like there was going to come a day, a day of reckoning for these guys like, uh, you know, Jay Monahan and these other executives that have just been lining the shit out of their pockets for the last 30, 20 years, whatever, making hundreds of millions of dollars and essentially providing nothing in return and being like, hey, you got to earn it every week. You know, if you get hurt and you have an off week, you're up shit's creek. You're not making a paycheck. And now that these guys are being offered another option, I think it, it makes all the difference in the world with the PJ Tour recognizing, like, holy shit, maybe we do need to just come out and say that uh, 
we are a for-profit business here. And then we start taking care of the players and maybe, you know, getting them some equity. There's so many ways to go about it. And obviously I'm not a, a lawyer or fucking anything near that, but there's gotta be a way to make the players want to stay on the PGA tour. Uh, Richard Hernandez, this isn't going to be profitable. So ask yourself, why are they willing to lose all this money? What are they getting out of this? Rom is making three X more than Ronaldo. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately Saudi Arabia has been trying to grow the game of golf for years and years now. They're, they're trying to make it more global, which it already has. And, uh, I think this Richard guy made a comment earlier that golf is not a popular sport nationwide, or I'm sorry, worldwide, which is just not a fact at all. Um, he said it was not factual, but if you want to look at the numbers and all that, and it, it doesn't even necessarily mean how many people play golf. It means how many people watch golf, how many people care about golf. Um, you know, not a lot of people play soccer, but they watch soccer. Not that many people play rugby or cricket, but they watch it. Like it's, it's a watchable sport worldwide. So to say it's not is just flat out wrong. Um, but then to get into these different countries and, you know, globalize it and make it less of just an American type of game. Um, like look at what the NFL is doing right now. American football is the most popular sport in America, but they understand in the global scheme of all sports, they need to reach these other countries. Why do you think they're playing in the UK and Germany? They're doing, they're going to different global locations to play these games because they're trying to grow the sport throughout the entire world. So I don't, to say that golf is just, you know, not a popular sport in the, in the grand global scheme of things, I think is bullshit. Um, but real quick, before we shut this down, we never talked about who we think is going to jump with John Rahm. Who's going to be on this team. Well, I was looking at some some Spaniard PGA Tour players, and there's really not that great of a roster of dudes that are in the in the like that want, probably will move. Like the the thing is, is like with Live Golf, it's that when it started, they were trying to get anyone they could. Right now, they're becoming you know pickier about who they have. Like they're relegating players so that they can get better players. They're not. It's becoming now that it's going to be going into its third year. It's something that is becoming more of a, you know, a chosen club versus like, oh, this guy wants to play for live. Let's let him play for live. They, they're going to be able to be more selective of the players they get. So do you do you have any ideas like I, you know, I don't want to put um, I don't want to put anybody out there that I don't like. Obviously, we don't have a ton of inside information from sources or certain guys that are going over or even could be going over but i just know that from what i saw earlier it's a matter of people that you don't necessarily expect and and this move that's what it's done is this move is now um becoming something that is allowing he's building a bridge john rom's like built the bridge to allow yeah. people to go from one side to the other and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there's a lot of good, um, like, Asian players on the PGA Tour that play a little DP World Tour. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we quickly see a couple of those guys jump because they can... Like Min Woo Lee, like, yeah, you, guys, yeah, oh, he's, you, he's Australian, but... Yeah, the the outside factor is, is that they can form a team. Like, they could be like, hey, there's, you know, three or four of us that are close 
um, that would, you know, they get to be on a team together. And yeah, that doesn't mean a ton when it comes to they're, they're not playing together. They're not doing this, but it's like, Hey, let's play less golf, make more money. And let's play, let's play less golf, make more money and be on a, you know, a team together. And so Richard, like we're, we're semi agreeing with you. He said more people watch SMU Tulane than an average PGA tour event. Yes. That's what we're saying. America is what they're not. It's America. We're talking about the entire world. There's more people that watch some random ass Premier League soccer match than watch mid-level American sports. This is worldwide. So we're not talking about America here. The PGA Tour can do whatever they want in America, and that's what Liv's saying. That's why, you know, nine of their 14 events are not even in America. So that's the point. So now where my head goes, like you said, I can't think really off the top of my head who Rom would bring directly from Spain. Um, But you got to think that some of his, like, European Ryder Cup cohorts – just a name possibly like, and this goes back to if these guys really were mainstays on the PGA tour or not, like I I wouldn't be shocked. I'm just going to throw this name out there. Tommy Fleetwood. I feel like Tommy Fleetwood would probably make the jump. He's never won on the PGA tour pretty well recognized um, over in Europe, obviously with the Ryder cup, everything very, very popular, well-liked dude. Uh, but really hasn't had the success on the PGA tour and made the money. Like I guarantee you live would throw him probably 50, a hundred million dollars to head over there. And I don't think he would say no to that. Um, I don't think Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, maybe Sepp Straka is another dude that you could see make the jump. Um, there's, there's a lot of different options, uh, of these guys, you know, and, and who knows what John Rahm has done behind closed doors. Now that he's got, I'm sure he's got a circle of buddies on uh, the PGA tour. And he's like, Hey guys, uh, you know, this is what I got. And he, like you said, he's becoming that bridge. Like I built this bridge. I, uh, I sacrifice, I'm going to take all the shit. Now you come over with me and kind of like reap the benefits of, you know, being on my team and, and being a part of what I'm doing here. So. Another name that comes to mind for me is, um, <clears throat> you said Tommy Fleetwood, but like a guy like Luke Donald, you know, if he wants to continue to play, he's kind of on the, like towards the end of his career, but a popular name, a Justin Rose, um, you know, like you said, Sepp Straka is not a bad, not a bad call. Um, I don't think Imagine, can, just, the, just real, real quick, just give me a second here. And close your eyes and imagine a world where they offer Rory $750 million and he takes it. The the golf world would fucking blow up. It would turn upside down. I I don't think that would happen, but now, I mean, you never know. Like, I feel like Rory is such a, uh, he he feels like he kind of got left out to dry by the PGA Tour. He stuck his neck out for him and they kind of just turn around and told him to shove it. Like... I, I don't think it's going to happen by any means. And, you know, he's got his integrity and all that. Like uh, he's, he's said many times before, so I don't necessarily foresee it happening, but you know, who knows? <laughs> Tyrrell Hatton. I, yeah, I think Tyrrell's another dude. Like he mostly put, he likes to play more on the DP world tour. He's had some success on the PJ tour, but somehow if this like live 
uh, you know, this merger doesn't happen with Live, the PJ Tour, and the DP World Tour. And I think if the DP World Tour could work something out with Live, where they would allow these guys to play in some of the the DP World Tour events, you know, that are in the off season when the Live Tour is not being played, um, I think that would get a lot of the European dudes on board with with the possibility of moving over there. Yeah, it's it's uh, a one domino, but is going to create a ton more dominoes. We appreciate you guys all tuning in uh, to this breaking news edition of Big Drive Energy. We record our podcast every single week. comes out on Wednesdays. We're live at 2 p.m. Eastern time every single Wednesday. We also have festive Fridays for the next couple of weeks. So make sure you're giving us a thumbs up if you're on the YouTube. Give us a subscribe on there. Check us out on tiktok as well at big drive energy pod and uh, on instagram at big drive energy pod we appreciate you all tuning in uh go to our page for the festive friday youtube will drop tomorrow we're drafting our favorite holiday activities we like to have a good time here on big drive energy talk about golf and of course when news like this breaks i'm sure next week's episode there's going to be a few more names and maybe we called some of them today who knows We'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy your weekend. Peace. Peace. We all silly like the mayor.